Philippians, the, one of the key words is joy, joy. And we're living in a time when we need to develop an outlook on life of joy and happiness and blessedness. The last Sunday evening we talked about the uh, Beatitudes, which is really being blessed, being happy, being joyful, and those characteristics is, are, are the part of a Christian's life. And this book is no less a great theme of that that Jesus taught, and I want to share with you this, and it's a real challenge for each one of us to apply this lesson. The greatest enemy of joy often arises as Christians face a difficult circumstances. And I want you to think about that. That's going to be the theme. That's going to be the underlying uh, note that I want you to remember is difficult circumstances. And each one of us finds ourselves in, in difficult circumstances. Uh, this is where he was in this chapter. It's where he was uh, when he wrote this book, when he wrote the others that he wrote from prison. Uh, we have difficult circumstances every day. Every person has difficult things that happen to them. And it's, uh, it's things that happened uh, uh, that we can sacrifice joy if we don't watch it. Uh, who is it that hasn't sacrificed joy in this auditorium and contentment and happiness? Uh, because he or she uh, allowed circumstances, present circumstances of their life, to control. I want you to think about that. When you allow those circumstances to control you, they're getting inside. They're doing a lot of damage. Who has not lost joy and happiness and blessedness? Because that friends uh, turned upon you, or rejected, or disapproved of uh, you, and sometimes even gave bitter words and oftentimes hurtful actions toward us. That is 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 a challenge when you have that happen to you. Uh, you have to, you can't hold on to joy. Who is it that, uh, that hasn't had our own family or friends in our own family that have brought shame, have brought reproach, have uh, acted in such a way that uh, made us very, uh, feel very rejected, and very insecure and very out of touch with the, uh, the relationship that we supposed to have with them and yet we're having to deal with it with something besides joy. Who is it that's present this evening that hasn't had their own spouse, wife or husband, or their I've mentioned family members in that. 
to say something or do something that caused us to think that they cared less. And if you do, and if you face that, you have had something besides joy and blessedness in your life. Who is it that in our work we haven't had supervisors, people that we worked with, fellow workers, make uh, daily remarks uh, that were almost unbearable? If we have, we have experienced what uh, Paul is talking about in this first chapter of Philippians. He shows us uh, the circumstances that arise in life that's going to bring uh, a person who uh, is a believer and one who trusts in God. Uh, he's going to help us to see how we can remain filled with joy. That's the challenge. And uh, we need to understand that uh, uh, we may say, well, that's absurd. Uh, uh, you can't be happy all the time. How can we expect to remain uh, full of joy and rejoicing uh, when in face of all the advertisements, uh, ad adversity and uh, adverse conditions that might face us? And... Uh, just remember what happened in this first chapter with Paul. He was in a real predicament. He was in prison. Uh, he was uh, possibly, when he wrote this, he was in stocks and bonds. He'd probably been put in a, in a, in, in a more of a keeping than he was the first two years that he was there when he was in house arrest. Nero was reigning, and... Uh, the apostle's life was in the weight in the balance. He may have to give his life any minute. For Paul to remain in control and talk about what had happened to him and what these Philippians had, had, uh, had shared just shows that he still had, he had learned how to have a joy and contentment in all circumstances. And it takes a lot of faith. Every Christian, every Christian should contemplate the words of this Philippian letter, especially this first chapter that we're going to talk about. Uh, these verses will help us. 12 through 22, I believe, which we're going to discuss. They will help us uh, to, if we'll apply it, it'll help us to deal with our present situation, whatever it is. It'll sort of give us a how to handle the thing. And uh, it'll be God's advice on our life and help us. Now, first, number one, I want you to think about that the first point that I want to make, and that's the verse 12, 13, and 19, is that we need to trust in the knowledge, in the knowledge that God's will can never can never ever be hindered. But his will is going to come first in people's lives. And his will for your life is going to come first. And uh, let's look at that 12th and that 13th and that 19th verse. Uh, but I would, ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out 
rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. Now, here's a congregation that supported him from the very first day. Here's a congregation where he, he baptized the Philippian jailer and he baptized Lydia in her household. He left Luke there, and he's in charge. And as we know, the only congregation that developed uh, elders and deacons, and one of the outstanding congregations, and yet they're concerned about him. They're concerned all the things that have happened. He's been on three, he's been on, he was on one journey before he went to them. That was on his second journey, and then he went back on his third journey, and then he went to Jerusalem, and he's been in prison two years there, and was before Festus Felix and King Agrippa. And he'd just gone through a lot of things. And he's shipwrecked, and, and we're going to look at this uh, thing, what he'd been through, some of the things he had been through. But he, he, he's talking to them how to handle difficult situations. Look at that 12th verse again. But I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are, are made known in all the palace and in all other places. Now look at 19. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayers and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Now, what is he saying? In our situation, that we ought to trust in the knowledge, trust in the knowledge that God's will can never be hindered for our life. I don't know how many of us have said, Lord, whatever your will is for me, I'm ready to do it. I don't care what you take me through, but I want, to, I, I want you to take me through this because I'm ready, I'm ready and I'm willing to, to do anything that you want me to do, suffer anything you want me to suffer. Now, I want you to turn over right now to 2 Corinthians because I want you to just touch base to the 2 Corinthians letter, the 11th chapter, verses 23 through 27, and show you what Paul is, is, is referring to in this epistle to the Philippians about the things that, that happened to him turned out for the good. I just want you to look at that 23rd verse of the 11th chapter and through the 27th. Uh, he says, uh, he's talking about he's boasting to the Corinthians about his being uh, uh, Abraham's seed and of the tribe of Benjamin and all. And he says, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. And look at what is labors. In labors, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. In prison, more frequent. In deaths, often. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice means three times. Three times I suffered shipwreck. I know the one he suffered and went to Rome, but he, he had two more than that, see. And a night and a day I have been in the deep. He was out in the ocean, and God saved him. Uh, in journeys often, in pearls of waters, in pearls of robbers, in pearls of, of mine own countrymen, in pearls by the heathen, these are the Gentiles, in pearls in the city, in pearls in the wilderness, in pearls in the the sea in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fasting often. So he didn't even have food, in cold and in nakedness. Besides those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Now he, 
he had been on three journeys. He had been on the, the journey to Rome, and he's writing from Rome after all these things have happened to him. See, who is weak and I'm not weak? Who is offended and I'm not burned, uh, uh, burned out? Uh, and if I must glory, I will glory of the things which concern mine infirmities. The God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is blessed forevermore, knoweth that I lie not. Now, uh, back to this first point that I want you to remember. One of the things, in whatever difficult situation we find ourselves, when one develops the trust in God that wherever we are, whatever we're doing, whatever we're involved in, that we are really uh, promoting uh, God's, uh, God's purpose and his will, and that God is in control. God is in control. Not we. We're not in control. And if our steadfast trust in God, uh, we'll be able to face whatever comes to us. That's the first point I want you to remember. First point that comes out of this lesson is that you remember, uh, you trust the knowledge that God's will comes first in your life. And whatever you're suffering, whatever you're going through, is God's will. If it isn't, say, God, help me to do your will. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. I just want to do what's right. Now, number two, the second thing is, realize that God will eventually come back and everything. Look at the 14th verse. Uh, let's go back to Philippians. Philippians, the first uh, chapter, and verse 14. Uh, and many of the brethren in the Lord wax confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak uh, the word that with fear. This is this is the great and uh, and a thought that uh, uh, we just need to trust in Him, and that uh, we need to realize that good is going. There are a lot of people that's confident. A lot of time we lose confidence that we're doing the right thing. Now, I want you to turn over to Hebrews, uh, the 12th chapter, and, and to think about this, that, that God can work things out, uh, and that he just, the things that's after are what's ever happening to us, that afterwards is going to come, it's going to be worked out. You look at that Hebrews, the 12th chapter, and, and verse uh, uh, 11 here. He's talking about that we need to keep our eye on Christ and that all chastening uh, for the present doesn't seem good, doesn't seem joyous. But afterwards it, it grievous, uh, uh, nevertheless afterwards it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. So if we're going to use our suffering and what we go through to exercise us by faith and trust in God, uh, we're going to reach the goal. Even in prison, Paul uh, could find some good about it. He said the brethren are bold, they're speaking out, they're doing things, they have confidence, and in the difficult circumstances, God's going to work these things out for us. Now, number th third, the third point. The first one is trust in the knowledge that doing God's will, that God's will can never be hindered. If we're just trusting it, we're part of it, we're going uh, to heaven. We're in eternal. Uh, our destiny is eternity. 
and just realize that there's good going to come out of this. Now, the third one is just resolve to ignore the petty things that gets under your skin and causes you to act like the devil. Don't say you haven't done that now. If you've ever been angry, if you've ever pouted, if you've never said anything, but you just thought things, then you're letting petty things, a lot of time, just control you. Now, I want you to look that the things that others do that get on their nerves is what upsets us. Look at 15 through 18. Let's just go back to, to Philippians now. 15 through 18. You're back at Philippians' first chapter. Some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife. Now, when people get envious and, and they're, they, they just want to fight and they want to do things they shouldn't, and even when people do with goodwill, we have all, both of them working, and they had both of them working here. The one preached Christ of, a, of contention and, sin, and not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds. People were working against him. Now, that's a difficult circumstance to be joyful in that. And yet he said his joy was full. But the other of love, knowing, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then? Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice. Now, boy, that, there is a test. What are you doing? You're rejoicing when people are doing things that out of strife, and they're acting like the devil themselves. And if you don't watch, you'll be acting just that same way. But not, not Paul. He said, no, I just see that God's will will not be hindered. We'll reach it, and the good will come out of it, and I'm not going to let them control me, and I'm going to be controlled by the circumstance, and, and I'm going to rejoice. Look at that twice. It's, it's, he has that rejoice in that, in that verse, see? And so always come to every... Uh, we need to understand that uh, uh, when, when things are discouraging, when things are discouraging, and when we are really, uh, people are acting mean and, and selfish and unchristlike, uh, uh, they, they use actions to promote themselves, you know, and, and they're opportunists to, to get ahead and to be noticed and, and maybe want to do things their way. A refused to allow petty people to rob him of his joy and his adjustment and his Christ-likeness. He even found some good in the people that were mean and were uh, selfish in that time. He said Christ is, Christ, uh, Christ is preached anyway. It comes to you. Whether a man lives or whether he dies, he belongs to Christ. And God will turn around and use our actions that are wrong to glorify and to magnify him. Now, number four, number four. Refuse to allow circumstances to control your life. Refuse to allow circumstances to control your life and your thinking. Now look at verse 20. According to my earnest expectation, my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that 
with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be life or by death. Whatever happens, he would make sure that Christ was exalted and that Christ's life came out. His mannerisms came out. He refused to allow circumstances. He refused to allow a petty people to control him. Can you make the same determination today and the, the pledge in your life? If you can, you're on the road to happiness. Will you seek to glorify God and, and, and say God can use this thing to work for us? Five, number five, develop the proper outlook in life. Look at verse 21 through 23. The proper outlook. The proper outlook. 21 through for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now, when you're discouraged, when you've been taken advantage of, when you have petty people to uh, gouge you, uh, it, it may be difficult, but we've already crossed those things. He didn't allow that to rob him of that. And he had, he had the outlook, and this is the wisdom. This, you know, outlook is the same as philosophy. Philosophy comes from two words. Phyllis is love. Sophia is wisdom. It's a love of wisdom. So a love of wisdom is the, is the right outlook. The right outlook. And the right outlook is to, is to say, for me to live is Christ to live. And look at that 22nd verse. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I, I, I shall choose, he said, I uh, uh, know not. And uh, when, you need, when you need to understand, look at that 23rd verse. I'm in strait between two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Now, when you think about, nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. When you think about, uh, you have a lot to deal with, and uh, uh, you're just grappling with it, and you want to know, well, what to do. Uh, the thing of it is that, well, Christ is living in me. I need to get back and say, Christ, if, if you're living in me, then you're living. And if I'm fulfilling your purpose, you help me to see your purpose. You help me to fulfill it. And you give me wisdom to react in such a way uh, as to be at, uh, an honor to you. And that's what faith is. That's living in Christ. For me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. So we need to have the proper outlook. And when you have the proper outlook on life, you're going to, you're going to have a different, you're going to have to be filled with joy. Number six. The sixth is to acknowledge your own worth and your own value. You know, that's difficult for people to do. That's 24 through 26. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith. That your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ for me by my coming to you again. Now, Paul was neither proud and he wasn't arrogant. Uh, he knew his labors were fruitful and in the kingdom of God. And he knew, as we mentioned in 2 Corinthians, that he had gone through a lot of difficult times. Many times, 
The person who has faith, when he, when he gets into difficult circumstances in life, now I don't know what yours is, but every one of us has a difficult time. You'd be surprised how many people have problems. They'll never tell you. You'll never know about it from a lot of people. You'll never know how much a lot of people owe as far as being in debt to people for helping them not to speak of money. You'll never know how much they owe them in, in as far as gratitude. You'll never know uh, the burden that some people are carrying around. And yet everyone is, and the only way we can adjust is this message. Is the sixth one here is that you acknowledge your own birth. I don't care where you are. I don't care how many problems you have. To God, you are very, very special. And your problem and your difficulties are nothing to him. Nothing is too difficult for God. But your lack of faith that he can handle it breaks his heart. It breaks his heart. And that's what this is all about. Many times. We're more valuable than we ever give ourselves credit for. We've touched more lives. We've sent more messages than we even give ourselves. And a lot of time we won't even ask God to help us to see what our purpose is and, and how valuable we are and what our contribution is. Not to boast, not to be arrogant, but just to say, I want to face reality. I don't know what it's all about. Am I worth anything? Am I valuable? Am I here for a purpose? Help me to see it. Just remember, God's purposes are brought about by people who have faith and trust in him. Well, that lady that they brought to him and, and they, caught, they said in adultery, she was very special to him. He loved her to the degree that he forgave her. Whether she was guilty of all that sin or not, it doesn't matter. While the one that came to wash his feet in her tears was another one. Out of her, he had cast seven devils. And before Simon could get a, a hold of the whole thing, he began to accuse Jesus. But Jesus saw the valuableness of the woman that he had cast seven devils out of. Now, if he sees a woman very valuable and casts seven devils out of her, and she anoints him for his burial, and the person who thinks that it can be put in do's and don'ts and touted like old Simon thought it could, that's a lesson for us. That we're all valuable. Sinners. Filled with the devil. God wants to deliver us all. And he wants to help us. And you know, these six things that I gather from this expository sermon, it's, it's, it's just a, from the scripture here. Trust in the knowledge, number one, that God's will can never be hindered for your life. Whatever it is. 
Realize that good will come out of your wrestle with difficult circumstances. Number three, resolve to ignore the petty things that people do in the struggle that you have. They're going to misunderstand. Refuse to allow circumstances to dictate the way you control your life and your thinking. That was taught in that passage. Number five, develop the proper outlook and the value of how to adjust when you are in difficult circumstances. Paul just centered on Christ and his life. And that he would be far better if he was dead and with Christ, but he wanted to fulfill his purpose. And he had a purpose here. He just, he said, I'll, I'll, I'll stay here till I get it done. Number six, acknowledge your value. Acknowledge your worth. We need this. It's a message that the Holy Spirit has recorded in the first chapter of the book of Philippians for us today. Will you take this lesson, make it a part of your life, read it, study it, think about it, and may you find the closeness that should come from a Christian. If you're here and need the prayers and the help of God and Christ, come as we stand together and sing.